If you're here uh, uh, this Sunday, this is our third Sunday in our series that we are preaching this season before Easter, and we call it The Way a Journey. So the six messages that I'm preaching are available for you for a donation. No, I'm just kidding. I just went into it. I just liked it. I just fell vroom, right into it. Just call 1-800-PAY-ME. <laughs> there you go. That's the commercial. <laughs> no, but what we're doing is, uh, what kind of worship uh, do we have here at Light of Hope? M&M worship. What does M&M mean? Meaningful and memorable. So in an attempt to make our worship meaningful and memorable to you, we have made these little cards independently. And every time you come on Sunday, you get one. And you also have the placeholder there back in the table over there. So if you haven't had the first or second one, then you get today the third one. Now, I don't know if you've noticed that the Psalms that we're reading during the worship, they all have to do with a journey away. And in the card, the verse that's written has to do with that psalm. And if you notice and pay attention very carefully, I finish my sermons with that psalm, with that verse. So there is an intentional teaching way in which we're trying to make this M&M meaningful and memorable so that when you, I mean, I, I was in Dallas a few weeks ago, and this is how the word works. I'm at the airport in Dallas. No, where was it? Seattle. Maybe I should go to Dallas. Uh, yeah, Seattle. The Space Needle was there. I was up there. I didn't go to Dallas. What did I say? <laughs> Prophetic. Uh, so, so I was there, and, and I drove. I, I'm, I'm, I'm walking through the airport. These huge display cases. And guess what they had inside? Ships inside bottles. All sorts of ships inside bottles. Now, those of you who are visiting don't even know what am I talking about. Will somebody tell them what does a ship in the model kind of mean to us now? Us in Christ. If we're in that bottle, that ship is going to be safe. So we were teaching about ships in the bottle, about us being in Christ, and we had a little ship in the bottle here. And when I went to, through the airport in Seattle, I saw that, and guess what I was reminded of? I am in Christ, and I'm safe. That's the idea. Automatically, my brain went that way. Now, we're preaching this series because we want you to learn how to come closer to God. We want to encourage you and teach you how to grow your, your relationship with God. And thus, we are here. Today, however, I wish to share some very, very good news about the journey. You see, the journey that we're in life, Ruth was telling me a couple of weeks ago, actually, as, as she was walking out of the service, she said, you know, Pastor, truly, our life is a journey. And, and at 39, inverted, you know, she's, she knows that. And at 101, Willard Sherman knows life is a journey. See, that guy behind you, Mike, you see that 101? That's literally his age. He's seen it all. He heard it all. <laughs> Wonderful man of God. Um, and, 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 and he tells me it has taken him all this time to realize that God is God. And he cannot change or figure out or God is God and he's okay with that. Beautiful, huh? But today, I want to share with you about the journey. The journey in which we are, the journey is literally home. The journey itself is home. We are not journeying to a home. The journey itself is home. 
the journey becomes home because that is where we live. That is the moments and experiences that are all put together is our life. So the journey itself is home. The journey of our lives is home. Our moments, our experiences put together as we move through time and space, that is home. When Peter is preaching in Rome, he declares in Acts 17, for in him, remember that verse, for in him, we have our life and move and have our being. So in the journey, that's where we're at, that's home. And that's my argument for this morning. You see, whenever we are lost, God is not lost. Whenever we do not see in front of our nose, God is there and God is not quiet. God is watching. God is providing. God is protecting and softly guiding and even speaking. At times, we all get lost. Actually, almost every organization that deals with children, they have a lost and found situation with parents and children. If should you go to Disney and you lose a kid... Don't try to find the lost kids section because kids never get lost in Disney. Parents get lost in Disney. They don't want to tell a child you're lost. Your parents are lost. See the logic? So you got to go find your child and the parent lost and found. Because the child is not lost. It's the parent who has lost the child. You see, so every organization has a way of dealing with lost and found. Many times we're lost because we don't know where we're going. But I bet that most of the time we find ourselves lost because we just don't know where we're at. Being lost is part of every journey, part of every path, part of every life. The sense of loss, confused, disoriented, ill-oriented, at times is so deep that we think that we cannot ever be found and thus we give up. We are lost, but God is not. You see, because the journey itself is our home. I'm going to be reading the text that we have up there, and it's a very, very popular text. You have heard the story. Uh, you have heard the whole comments about it. Uh, some of you know it as the story of the loss of the prodigal son, right? It's an old story, but let's unpack it. And what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to move through the story, and I will make some comments in it. So if you would like to, you have some notes space there. You can write some notes, some of your insights as you uh, listen to, to me speak about this. Uh, so, but the way in the journey is our series. I want to, to let you know this morning, the journey is home. Listen to the Word of the Lord as I read. To illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. Now, Jesus is in chapter 15 of Luke. Jesus is actually uh, telling, I love the way the chapter begins, 15.1. And Jesus was hanging out with sinners, some tax collectors, even some other people that were even mentioned. That's how the chapter begins. But the Pharisees of the law came and they says, you are hanging out with those sinners. You even sit at table to it with them. Yeah, he did. So Jesus told them the story. Actually, he tells them three stories. The first story that he tells us, we heard, is about the lost coin in the field. 
And this coin is found, and, and, and it's got this precious, amazing, because it has been found, and there's a great deal of joy. The second story is one that we all may, may, may feel more closely to our hearts because it's the story of the lost sheep. When the sheep is lost, the shepherd leaves 99 behind to go after that one solitary soul in the thicket. And this is the third story, the story of the lost son. So he's making the point in the three stories he uses the three stories to illustrate that God is a seeker, that God is not lost, but that God rejoices in finding the lost and giving meaning to that sense of lostness. We continue. And the man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before I, you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money, I love this phrase, in wild living. Sounds like fun, right? In wild living, hardcore living. Who knows what that all meant? But you know, he left. And sometimes we think that when young people make those decisions, oh, parents, parents, don't we worry when our kids do that? Whether they leave home in the right way, whatever that is, or they leave home the wrong way, whatever that is, do not we worry about our children's path, journey, and ways in life. My kids know that, so they don't tell me what they do. I ask, is that you don't want to know? So, oh, okay. I do. But you know, there is that concern. However, this young man went on a path. His own path, perhaps to find himself, perhaps to explore life and the desires and the good things that life has to offer. Oh, he had the money. That was fun. So he went in what the scripture, what Luke describes, into wild living. In the journey of this family, the younger goes off into his own journey to do his own thing and perhaps a chance to get to know himself. But remember this idea. Our journey itself is still home. We continue with the story. About the time his money ran out. I love that one because that's the bell. <laughs> Isn't it? About the time the money is running out. Oh, I got to go get a job. Oh, I better do something about this. We just sit and wait, not knowing that it is going to be wasted because it is not valuable. It comes and goes. It's just a tool. So, about the time his money ran out, a great famine, money ran out, a famine, double whammy, a great famine swept over the land, and he, beg and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. Oh, he did get a job. And the men sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home 
even the hired servants have food, even to spare, and there I am lying of hunger. I will go back home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me in as a hired servant. Hmm. When he came to his senses, other translations say when he came to himself. And when I go to the original, I found the word when he came to his heart. And those of us who are in soul-keeping class, we hear the words when he came to his soul, when he came to the core of his being, when no longer the trappings, the masks, the pretentiousness, the facade is working when everything is lost and there is nothing else. Many times we're forced to that dark place of our soul. And there, we come up with great ideas. He came to his senses, and the one right thing that he figured out is, I'm going back home. He doesn't realize he's at home. Because the journey itself is home. But he's going to a place that he remembers that was better than where he's at. He's going to a place that he remembers that he's loved and he's accepted. And yet, in his plan, his guilt and shame would not allow him to go back as a son. So he decides to go back as a hired servant. I'm reminded of the text in Mark that Jesus said, And, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul, you lose your identity, you lose your joy, you lose your dreams, you lose your peace, you lose your hope, you lose your talents. The story continues. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way far, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Look at the father's reaction. But his father said to the servants, <laughs> Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger. And sandals for his feet. And kill the best calf so that we can have a great party. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and he has now returned to life. He was lost. Now he is found. So the party begins. Notice the father, a couple things about the father. The father saw him far away. Why would the father be finding him far away? He was looking for him. You see, the father was looking for him, so once in a while he probably looked down the road. Not today. Secondly, the father always called him son. And this is my point. The journey itself is home. 
no matter whether the son had left, lived wildly, came back, it was always a son before he left, while he was gone, and after he returned. The journey itself is home. You get it? God was with that lost kid, providing, protecting, being there, inspiring, giving him ideas with the pots with the pigs. <laughs> he was able to compare. See? The journey itself is home. Because we find ourselves not before God and after God. God has always been in our lives whether we find it or not. You see, God is a God of presence. God has been there before, during, and after every one of our lives. Before we were born, God was there. When we were born, God was there. When we begin to live, God is there in our lives. Whether we see it or not, God is there and God is not quiet. You see, our journey itself is home. God has always kept you, upheld you, protected you. Being lost is part of the journey. Being lost is part of being on our way. Being lost is part of learning. So if you're lost, embrace it. There's hope. Because the God who is the way maker will find the way for you to reach God. The journey itself is home. Psalm 38, which Doris read from the back as you were trying to figure out where's the voice coming from. I will guide you along the best pathways for your life. And I will advise you and watch over you. So if you find yourself in a journey that has thorns and thickles, or you find yourself in a journey that, that is pleasant and, and great temperature in the 50s and 60s, if you find yourself in that beautiful valley or if you find yourself in that difficult mountain, welcome home. Welcome to the journey. Welcome to the way. For this is your home and together we make ourselves in the way. Amen?